Hello and welcome to the Have a Brew Podcast. Empty your queue. I always do that. I always say. Well, now that we have an actual Heifer Brew podcast, yeah. So it's okay. So empty your queue. Welcome to your queue. You don't have to say Heifer Brew podcast. Yeah, no, because the Heifer Brew podcast is more sports orientated. So oriented. Whatever, (laughs) whatever. The Heifer Brew podcast is going to school today. There's an orientation. (laughs) So either way, we're here for. Why is my thing? It's turning like red and stuff. I've never seen it do that on the equalizer no, we're good it did i would look 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 i'm looking it's turning red it's yeah. turning red it's i think it's because you're too loud oh okay so i should be like right here am just, i too loud now? i think i just turned it i think we're good okay so i should be like right here hello so do hello. i hang on so, before we do i leave this in or do i cut yeah, it out? might as well okay whatever so because I've never seen it turn red like that. So I was like, oh no, am I breaking your little thing here? No, because usually when I set up all the recording equipment and get it perfect, you decide to talk like this. Do I? And you're like, hello, welcome oh, back I'm to I'm sorry queue. that we record in my apartment after 10 p.m. <laughs> with my hello. fiance sleeping in the other room. Hello, welcome to the Have a Brew Podcast. I'm just trying not to wake queue. her up, make her life miserable. But no, okay. that's fair. I respect it. Yeah, all right. <laughs> we just start screaming. It's okay. Yeah. Uh, so anyways. Last action hero. Empty your queue. Last action hero. Arnold Schwarzenegger. It's uh, 93, I think, right? Uh, I believe later. 93. Yeah, you're oh, right. Oh, right. 93. Damn, I saw this in theaters. I did not. I wish. I was three years yeah. old. Okay, there you go. I would have loved five. to. Have- I guess my Way mom better. just didn't really care about. <laughs> I need to show this kid up for two hours. Yeah, exactly. I wouldn't imagine take because this is two like two hours ten. And ten minutes. I wouldn't take a five year old to see a two hour hey, ten minute movie. Man, she took me to everything. She really wanted me to be cultured. And what better way to do it than with Last, Last Action, Action Hero? Hero? Why don't you? Well, why don't you give a quick like rundown on what this so is? So what it is is um, Danny. I forget his last name. We'll just call him Zuko. Madigan. Matt. Madigan. I think. Oh yeah, Madigan, not Zuko. Uh, but Danny is a young child who's a big fan of action movies. Um, Slater, Slater one through four. Jack Slater. Jack Slater one through four. And uh, Slater is played by Arnold Schwarzenegger, Jack Slater, who's a like rough, like super detective. Essentially, he, yeah. he's, he's like he's, he's like he's like Superman and Riggs combined. I was gonna say he's like Riggs, and then um, uh, Sylvester Stallone is Cobra. Okay. Yeah. Like, this feels a lot like Arnold Schwarzenegger was like, I want to play a hard-ass cop, but give me, like, an edge. Like, give me yeah. something that Stallone doesn't have. Yeah, 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 exactly. That's it. He's is like, I Cobra, can't just be Cobra. It's, like, really meta-Cobra. Co- so, anyways, um, Danny gets a magical ticket from a weird old uh, theater runner in this dilapidated old, like, dollar theater. I have a lot of thoughts on that man. <laughs> he's, he's an odd fellow. He, like... So he gives him the ticket, knowing full well what it does, yes. and knowing full well that Danny's favorite movies are like hard R action. Yeah, but and that's that's the other thing though. At the time, this was normal, I guess. You but could like say, for if, act, for children's films being action films. If, but if I'm an old man running a theater and I give a kid a movie ticket that I know is going to magically teleport him into whatever movie he's watching, I'm not giving it to the kid who's like. Hell yeah, the house is gonna blow up and they're they're gonna get shot at and they're gonna jump off of things and car crashes. Yeah. That'd be like being like, Hey, do you wanna like I know your favorite movie's Alien, let me give you this ticket. <laughs> um that that see that's irresponsible. Uh, but I'm I think just saying, like there like there's a I could He look knows at this. he would be the comedic foil and that nothing is gonna really happen to him that's gonna be that bad. In this movie universe, it is easy to survive, as you see by the end of this movie. That is true. Where he is shot with like a fifty caliber bullet, and then the doctor's like, "What is this? A joke?" They this shoot is, him square in the chest, flesh, flesh wound. He's coughing up blood in the real world. Yeah, he's like on the verge. He's should have been dead. Death is there, really. Yeah, but death goes like, "Oh, you're not on my list. You're not on my but list. You are, Danny. I'll see you later." Yeah. So, um, essentially, he's given a magic ticket to be able to go into the movie world and this happy as he has this magic ticket on him uh, a stick of dynamite comes flying out of the screen he runs from it it explodes he then propels into the movie world of jack slater he gets 4. launched into slater 4 yeah 
So now he has a familiarity with the Jack Slater movies. Yeah, I think and he said a he's formula to them essentially. It's he's seen what four like thirty seven times or something. No, he's seen three because four is the one that's coming out. Okay, and then five is the one that MC Hammer is referring to doing the music for, which would be the for the next after right, four. But four one. is the one that is premiering and coming out, and that's what he's sneak previewing to him when he goes because the old oh, man duh. is like, I forgot, I'm yeah. having a I. I I'm not getting the movie, but he's doing a like test screening on it to make sure the the uh, reel works essentially. Yeah, because they're like, we're not bringing it to this dilapidated drug den of a movie theater. Yeah, but we'll let you do the test run. Hey, you poor old man, we'll throw you a bone and let you watch this movie by yourself. So (laughs) he invites Danny to come to his theater at midnight, and Danny's mom, I believe, is either a waitress or a nurse. One of the two. I don't. Is think that it, a red flag for you as a parent? Oh if, yeah. If, if I knew, if I was around, and if know. the old man that runs the theater was like Danny, come back at midnight, just you. See, I don't think sh- he tells her. No, I'm. But I'm like, she's gone. I think by the time he gets home, I so would I don't be think so... he know. She knows any of this relationship with this old man at the theater. And yeah, they explain that his dad has died. There's a huge void, basically. Yeah. And he looks at... He has an unhealthy relationship with these movies. Where, like, Jack Slater is the father that... Like, the type of father figure that he's, like, pines he, for. Yeah, that's that's what he's basically vicariously living through. Is this Jack Slater character getting so, this father figure from that. So, he, goes, he gets sucked into the movie. And basically just causes an existential crisis. For, for the character of Jack Slater. <laughs> yeah because he like ruins every he's like this is a movie buddy it's all fake it's yeah. weird. you're arnold schwarzenegger he starts pointing out the tropes and things yeah. that are gonna happen this house is gonna get what do you mean you don't know the bad guy lives here look yeah. at this house and like it's this really clever like meta commentary on action movies especially like yeah that like 84 83 84 it's a mid 90s like action movie oh absolutely that is this bread and butter for satire is and it's incredible and then also like who framed roger rabbit yeah there's an incredible police cat cat. what's his name but there's even reference to basic instinct with sharon stone being outside of the uh the police station there's um, the t-1000 walks by the t-1000 walks by uh whitney houston is like the da in Mm -hmm. the opening scene um there's a lot of like little cameos and references there's a point where he's trying to tell him that he's a movie star and he's in these movies and he's like oh you're in terminator and they go to like a blockbuster and instead of it being Schwarzenegger, it's Stallone that's in Terminator now. Yeah, it's like in it's, the movie world. It's so. like there's no Arnold movies. Yeah, it's really deep meta referential shit within like a movie within a movie from our perspective in the real world. Like this movie's taking place in the real world, our world, but there's also the movie world. Right. But then there's also our world, our real world. There's a it, lot of layers to it. Yeah, it jumps around a little. You want to say Inception's deep. This movie, this movie is, is really, really deep. A lot of layers. Especially when he waves at you at the end of like at the as the sun is setting, he's riding off into the sunset. Literally, Arnold waves to you, the viewer, acknowledging this third universe, if you will. Exactly. He's and, like, so it's it's a I I know you don't really think of Arnold movies or you want to apply that type of depth to last action hero but it really does have it. well it turns out that audiences in 1993 didn't want to apply that no. kind of depth to an Arnold Schwarzenegger no, this movie was a huge bomb technically I mean it was a 80 million dollar movie to make it made like 130 so it didn't really like tank all that much. It didn't it tank. Broke but it, even effectively. When you consider the run Arnold had been on. Yeah like where Terminator like, um true lie oh no true lies is the next year well, yeah funny thoughts about true lies with this but yeah you had terminator you had predator you had commando you had running man you had uh total recall you had yeah total recall you have like he just goes on this heater run of movies and then like raw deal and then a couple other things too <laughs> oh um, no raw deal is like really early 80s but you I catch him in this run and then he does this movie and it underperforms like by expectations of not just him but also the director because he was the top tier action star at the time he yeah he was so still he had a, done, oh god a plus so it's basically it starts with the terminator 
um, going in, or then Commando, then Predator in 87. So, yeah, it really starts with Predator in 87, then The Running Man, Red Heat, Twins, oh, Total Electric. Recall, Kindergarten Cop, Terminator 2, then Last Action Hero. It's incredible. And what's cool, too, is like all those movies he basically called in on his co-stars to come in and cameo. Yes. And, uh, and yeah, so he, I guess this was the first movie that he produced as well. Oh, yeah, because well. Danny DeVito's in it as well, too. Yeah, he's the voice of the animated cop cat. cat. Cop cat, yeah. <laughs> the police cat. And Sharon Stone's in Total Recall. So he, like, basically was like, hey, guys, I'm producing a movie and I'm calling in the favors. Let's go. And uh, it bombed. Like, in, in terms of, like, his expectations, it bombed. Yeah. And this then, is like, this is the end, but for action films in terms of self-referential self meta comedy. Well, it's funny because this, like, if it came out now, it probably would have been. This would be a very like, this would be a very clever movie now, and that's actually very surprising that they haven't done anything like it since. Um, I think the closest thing that's going to be it is that new Ryan Reynolds video game movie. Um, oh yeah, uh, Free Guy. Free Guy, yeah, 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 where he's like an NPC from a Grand Theft Auto type online game, and he gains and he like sentience, sentience. yeah. yeah. So the director for this movie is John McTiernan, who also directed Predator, Die Hard, The Hunt for Red October, Die Hard 3, the remake of The Thomas Crown Affair, The 13th Warrior with Antonio Banderas, if you ever saw that. The remake of The Thomas Crown Affair has one of the most unrealistic sex scenes where they <laughs> fuck on a stair staircase. This also happens in A History of Violence, I believe, with Viggo Mortensen and and I believe it's Diane Lane. I think everything happens in the history of violence. Um, but staircase oh, fucking is not a realistic thing, just to bring up from the Thomas Crown Affair. Like, you don't... I just... It's not safe. It's just not erotic. No, no, it's ill-advised. Yeah, but the, just... So John McTiernan also did the remake of Rollerball? Yes, yes, he did. That's, what a, that's and I think that ended his career. No, uh, there's one more. What? So, okay, so... Back to back, he goes 13th Warrior, Thomas Crown Affair, Rollerball. Okay. That's a rough stretch coming off of... Thomas Crown Affair was a success. So the last movie he made was in 2003, and it was Basic with John Travolta. Oh, dude, that movie's lit. <laughs> that movie is awesome. And it's the last time he uh, he directed a movie. So so he was coming off of a lot. He was like this big name in action. Yeah. And you have them saying like, hey like let's do this let's do this meta like commentary on action movies and it turned out audiences at the time did not enjoy it let's be clever with this they were like we don't want clever we want arnold to shoot faces and say phrases yeah and this was him making fun of that arnold yeah and like he even like he appears as himself and like as himself he like spoiler alert it well it's uh basically like he's just lampooning what people would think of him where he's like this big dumb meathead that just like yeah plugs planet hollywood and like laughs at things he's like oh look he's my stunt double yeah he, and he, he is kind of a big stupid idiot when he plays himself playing himself it's incredible yeah. and like so like you have all this stuff going on and then you have him as jack slater like the giving the normal like the critiques of arnold basically like they're, like, they're kind of the same person in this instance that he plays himself and then Jack Slater is just Arnold Schwarzenegger characters, like all of them essentially. He's not right. He's the amalgam. Really exploring the range of Arnold's acting abilities, which yeah. there wasn't really. This is not like later Arnold where he's making like Maggie and Aftermath. Yeah, but even then <laughs> it's still kind of the same guy. He's just a little more gravelly tones. Yeah, those movies are a little sadder though. They it's are, but he's still his acting, the way he acts, acts has always been the same. I, I don't know. He's a little. I think he's. I think he's more <laughs> just, versatile just than we give him credit for. Slower and a little lower doesn't really change the fact that he's kind of this big, goofy European guy. <laughs> he's just with so this subdued. Funny little accent. He's so subdued. Yeah. So obviously, he's probably not like. Say they decide to make a meta movie now, like this in this vein, and they're like, you know what? We need to revise the uh, last action hero property. That IP is rich. We need to take another crack at it. Like. Say they get Shane Black to write and direct it. They're like Shane, you direct, you written, you wrote the original, or you co-wrote it, I believe. Like they should just get him to produce it because if it ends up anything like the Predator, 
That's true. It, I'm good. So let's say they like are like, hey, let's revise it. Who's the actor number one top of your list? To- oh, Chris Chris Hemsworth. <laughs> Why? Chris Hemsworth. He's to, to me, Chris Hemsworth is probably the best action star we have right now. Like where you can throw him in and you get a good acting performance, a believable action performance. And he's also very, very like likable and funny too. So you get a real good balance of all these things with him. I don't want to sell out our listeners here, but Mark Wahlberg does listen to this podcast and he's fuming right now. (laughs) He's probably fuming right now. I'm sorry, Mark. Hit the DMs. We'll work it out. It's okay. (laughs) Mark Wahlberg is not listening to this podcast. Sure. So I'm not, but no, Mark Wahlberg, I don't, I don't need Mark Wahlberg. Could you think of all the short jokes they would make though? Yes. And he wouldn't allow that. Yes, he would. No, I don't think that Mark Wahlberg allows that negative energy on his sets. I'm also disappointed that like the rock wasn't one of the first two names that we came up with, but at the same time, like all of his movies are kind of like this movie. Yes. (laughs) Like all of his movies are very like. Like the Jumanji movies. The characters in his movies seemingly are in a movie. No, they're in a movie. The Jumanji movies are essentially his way of like meta commentating on himself. Yes, very much like, so. Like, so like we've kind of already seen him in that spot. There, there aren't really many like newer young action stars. Like pure though. action stars. I think if Tenet had come out already, I'd say John David Washington is his name, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe him. He seems the most like action star-esque yeah like i couldn't see like i don't think i could see like a michael b jordan or like a yeah michael b jordan too he is pretty actiony he like i could see him being i don't know he's almost too intense though but like there isn't i don't know there you want to say keanu reeves too but because he's in that now genre of action star right or he's always kind of been he's always kind of been he's just more that. at the forefront now yeah well, less with like john wick less like in an action setting and more like he's just an action movie death machine yeah so like he's kind of like switched lanes but that's the that's what i get with hemsworth because it's like he's done thor he did that extraction movie um but at the same time i don't need hemsworth doing this if it takes away from like three or four more tyler rake movies (laughs) if they're like hey extraction 2 or a remake of last action hero extraction 2 i they would have to be right like i think so i just i don't know i i think hemsworth might be the best choice i'm just trying to think of who else we could like throw in the ring but there really isn't reese poor tyrese john cena john cena speaking of fast and furious 9 jackie chan so I'm tr- how old? Like, how like, old yeah, should we go? But I, it'd be cool to see Jackie Chan in some type of like, like you could have Jackie Chan be the that role of Arnold mm-hmm. and everything, and it's someone like getting into his old films. That would be cool. Yeah. It, <laughs> it's so like I'm trying to think, and like my mind just goes to pro wrestlers because like I was like The Rock, Roman I, Reigns, Batista, because like Batista, Batista has would the be comedy. Fun. Yeah, he like he's a convincing enough badass, but he like has the comedic timing. Yeah, he he does. Cena's a little too goofy, but that that fits that Arnold mold. Well, all of them do because they're all yoked out of their minds. Like it's unbelievable. Yeah, but Arnold had a like quaint Hemsworth, relatability to him. Hemsworth would give like a lair to Jack Slater that like you wouldn't ever see coming. The writers would be like. Oh, that's pretty good. We didn't even... Oh, man. Yeah. A what? What? Like a layer to the character. Like, he would just add Oh, some, a layer. He'd add depth L-A-Y-E-R. to... L-A-Y-E-R. Yeah, he would I add... I was thinking like a layer, like a volcano layer. I'm like, what? <laughs> no, I should like have said depth. cave? He would add more depth yeah, than okay. what was needed, I think. I think he brings a legitimacy that, like, the other casting wouldn't. Yes, yeah. So then the other question I have for you about this movie... Idris Elba? I just want to put him in everything, though. That's, yeah. Um tom hardy so so uh say you're danny you're you're danny madigan and that creepy old man is like danny you love these movies here's a golden ticket i don't know why so let's say he gives you the golden ticket and he's like danny cammy here you go buddy what movie are you hopping into Ooh, that's a good one oh man 
I don't want to put myself in any danger. I also just really, really want to have like a ton of fun. Hmm. I would want to like, I don't know. This is a really hard one because I want to be like a superhero movie so I can be have superpowers. But then I'm like, I don't want the tragedy that comes with being a superhero. Right. Because my first thought was Spider-Man. But then yeah. I was like, Ugh. I don't need to, I don't want to watch Uncle Ben die. Or I don't want to like implicitly kill my girlfriend. <laughs> like, I don't want to kill Gwen Stacy. Yeah. Thinking you're saving her. I was thinking back to the future because the possibility of time travel is available. I'm really glad you said that because I'm thinking Teen Wolf. Oh. Or Space Jam. See, yeah, but Space Jam in the situation you don't win that game, you're now an eternal slave to some alien race. The good thing, though, is I don't think... theme park? I don't go in as Michael Jordan. I'm just adding myself to the movie. Okay. You know what I mean? I thought we'd be adding ourselves in at kind of the main... No, so it'd be like this. It'd be like Danny falls into the movie and then he's just there. Okay, so I just have the golden ticket. I just get to go in. You just get to go in. And okay, can I bring the technology? I could probably bring the technology with me. So yeah, probably Back to the Future because the time travel shit is really like okay. Twist though, you just become best friends with Biff, and you just get the sports almanac and just just not best friends. Beat the shit out of Biff. That's that's how you become friends with him. Essentially, it seems like he was like some power dynamic where yeah, if you can defeat him, you are now king. You're cool. prison rules <laughs> it's a real hierarchy yeah yeah no yeah i was trying to think like like action movies as well but like i don't want to deal with that they're, they're ones with easier time travel than the whole hitting 88 and stuff or mm-hmm. at, at least the second one because then you have that one that just runs off garbage yeah like that's it's true. not i'm not dependent upon plutonium it's very eco-friendly yeah and like having to get it from terrorists so like space jam i could be like on the, on, the team, on the team i could be like the sixth man is it plutonium he has yeah it's yeah, off plutonium okay, okay cool um, um yeah teen wolf but then you're a werewolf no then i'm friends with the werewolf it goes it goes scott you howard be the teen wolf if if it's the golden ticket you're joining the movie you're not taking it over i don't know yeah but you wouldn't try to at least be a teen wolf like hey can you bite me so i can become a teen wolf no because he's a novice teen wolf he'd probably maul me Plus, I think if I remember correctly, that movie is—it's uh, inherited. It's the bloodline, yeah. Okay. So it it and it skips so generations. Exactly. It's a pure bloodline. Uh, so like, I it could be like mm-hmm. Scott Howard, Styles, Boof, and me, and we're all just chilling as like the coolest dudes in the school. Or uh, yeah, I think Space Jam probably though, because then like it could be me off the bench, me Bill Murray and Michael Jordan in like a triangle offense type of scenario. Yeah. Or I'd go into like Ocean's Eleven, because then our world exists, and I can go gamble on historical events or like sports events. We'll just go back into Back to the Future too. Yeah, and just be friends with Biff, like yeah. I said. That's, that's I think because time travel to me seems the coolest. Mm-hmm. Um. So I just I think Back to the Future too is probably what I jump in. So yeah, sorry, sorry to get us so off tra- off track with the Star movie. Star Wars. Think- no 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 because the empire hey you're in star wars now you'd be like i've never seen this planet there's just a sign that says Um, alderaan you're like oh mad men but then i'd be really sad because i'd be like oh america in the 60s this is rough you'd be like i have a crippling alcoholic addiction yeah and all of a sudden i'm a racist for some reason it just happened i'm white white in the 60s um but so this this movie did not do well. Friday. <laughs> yeah. You want to be the one white guy on Friday? Yeah, maybe. I'd bring a bunch of herb with me. Debo would bully the hell out of you. Nah, I'd just smoke him out. He'd be like, cool. This is Iron all. Man? No, I don't want to go on Iron Man. It's just you and Yusuf and him in the cave. Age of Ultron, maybe? And just stay out of Sokovia? See, now see, I just want to go into all the movies. See, there's so many... Ooh. I the Royal Tenenbaums and just like meet that family. What a sad boy. What a sad boy answer right just there. Just meet that family. Um like wow, what the fuck? That's like saying like I have this golden ticket, I could do anything I want. I'm going to go stay at the Grand Budapest Hotel. I'm going to go to one floor of the cuckoo's nest. <laughs> <laughs> uh so this movie did not do well in the moment, but it's kind of become like a cult 
classic. Yeah. It's it, become like an Arnold cult classic. And I think like even just here, like just sitting and talking about like, oh, what movie would be fun to go into? There has to be producers that are having those conversations, right? Yeah. Like, there has to be a way to revive the franchise. But even just like you could do this shit with anything, like a sci-fi movie. You could have a show. It could be a Netflix like, series. Yeah, it could be, be like 10, ten episodes. Yeah. Or eight, because they seem to do eight now. Where you just dip into like each genre. You're just like, oh, I fell into a horror movie. Yeah. Shit, I'm in Scream. Let's figure this be out. Like the fucking page master, but with movies. Yeah, ex- I mean essentially. Yeah. Uh but yeah, so this did not do well. But one Maybe of the things that's why though is like these things they just know are cursed. Like there's just certain movies Hollywood knows, like we can't make that because no one will want to watch it. I don't know, because the big thing with this movie, and the thing that's so odd about it, is it does really well. Or not does really well. Like, it, and now it's seen as, like, this classic. It does not do well. It underperforms by both the director and the actor standards. It's not a smash success. And it, it has gets, a dope soundtrack, It too. gets negative review. Oh, yeah, we'll get there. Um, it, has, it gets all these negative reviews. People are like, eh, this is, eh. It's like, because, like were they they were seemingly were maybe expecting something different obviously because you have a Schwarzenegger action film with the guy who directed like Die Hard and stuff but it's interesting because the movie he makes after this is True Lies yeah which is another subtle self-referential spoof it's a James Cameron's style humor it's and, yeah and wit if you will in that um towards spy movies though right so you get like this this spy like it's not a satire true lies isn't so much a satire as it it's a grounded spy film if that makes sense yes but where, it also, like, like you are getting to see the other side of this every man who has a family and is a super spy essentially but it points out like the absurdities of it at the same time how so all of this is absurdities no, no, that's what I'm saying. Like, all it is is ridiculous. Like, he wears the tux when he sneaks in in the beginning. He blows things up and says catchphrases. He, like, yeah. He, like, is still playing, like, essentially, like, Arnold in a movie. You but just get just, to see him go home and eat dinner and talk about, like, his well, day no, as a salesman. That, the whole opening is sets him up as a James Bond-esque type of spy. Right. It's just at the time, when that movie comes out, I don't think Gold, GoldenEye hasn't even come out yet. I don't believe I think Goldeneye comes out in November of that year. Yeah, Goldeneye is 95 or 96. Uh, yeah, 95, I believe. Um, I said 94, 95. Oh, I think it's 96. I, was gonna, I think it's 96, 97. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it, yeah, it sets him up as this, but it just takes a lot of subtle, subtle steps. Like the scene where the terrorists make their video and their cameras low on Yeah. Battery. Like you get yeah. like cheeky humor like that. Yes, it is and, a humorful movie but i don't think it's a satire per se but like it points out all these absurdities and stuff and it just feels just it has tom arnold in it yeah <laughs> it just feels like it's crazy that he would make this movie and then that one back to back and then that would be the one that hits and this one like people well, just write off instantly. well true lies had james cameron behind it and this had john and it was james Hard, cameron's first movie since terminator 2 starring the guy from terminator 2 yeah starring the guy from terminator 2 like that you were bound for box office glory with that no matter what it an all-star cast like spy movie integration like this is way meta self-referential highbrow shit like this isn't when this came out I can imagine everyone was looking for, oh, where's my action movie Arnold right why is he making fun of himself why is he doing this this is dumb and in True Lies, it's not that he's making fun of himself or the genre so much, but it's like it puts you in this weird position of what does a spy do? Because you never see James. At that time, it wasn't like you saw James Bond in The Living Daylights or uh, uh, License to Kill. Like, it, right. Do regular ass shit. It turns out he's got a family at home. Yeah. Like, you, there was nothing that really did that with there, spy like, films, yeah, unless it was like, like Spies Like Us, but that's more of a it's not straight like spy comedy. James Bond runs to the store really quick. No, yeah. <laughs> or, or James Bond, like, deals with possible, in, like, worries of infidelity with his wife with this creepy car salesman. Like, 
there's a lot of like and then they're both spies at the end and it's really it's a cheeky humorful movie but it's not doing what this movie is where it's like look at how fucking stupid hey, we're gonna take the are. piss out of all of these yeah, yeah like there's a talking fucking cat there's like movies inside the movie there's reference like that the movie world is this big actual world that's right. living and breathing and these things exist within it and we can transcend our reality to this reality like it's really highbrow thinking shit that people when they go to a Schwarzenegger movie it makes them automatically think this is stupid but when you sit down and think about the concept you're like oh wow that's actually a really fucking cool concept. they like it's, snuck a crazy it's concept like the in. final girls yeah that's true that uh, yeah it's just like that's the horror I, just, I can't believe I didn't think of that to begin with yes and that actually has a f- decent cult following it didn't do well because it's like essentially like a straight to vod movie i think it had limited release but that's another movie that does this same exact thing and is really fucking clever so, so two so sci-fi is kind of the last frontier or do another action film yeah pretty much that's where it that's where it always you always get the bolder ideas there yeah. too uh, so there's actually turns out a ton of trivia about this movie really oh also action films now like don't lend themselves to this because a lot of them are those kidnapped single yeah. hero shootout type thing that is true and this is more that grandiose kind of like lethal weapon s type action movies where there's a there's an overarching conspiracy that's this greater like kind of non-violent thing where someone is like either bringing in drugs or and they're tied with a local lieutenant at this you know what it's staring us in the face how this movie could be resurrected well how the golden ticket comes into fast 10 oh and someone gets dragged into the world of the fast and furious (laughs) they break the fourth wall in fast 10 that's what it is they run out of everything they they literally break into the real world I think science fiction would be the next frontier. Like Space. someone gets pulled into Star Trek-esque type or Star Wars-esque type thing. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, holy shit. You get like, I don't know, like Nathan like, Fillion. If there's one franchise that is like foolproof, essentially, it's Fast Furious. It's Fast and Furious This movies. is true. They could make they it work. They still have to go to space, though. I, I think nine ends with them in space. Let's say ten ends with them crashing through the screen. And then coming into <laughs> the real come world. through the theater. And yeah. Then, uh, so yeah. So this has a surprising amount of trivia on it. Um, Arnold Schwarzenegger thought the script was one of the best he'd ever read because he liked all of the elements of comedy, action, drama, and satire all in one. So he liked it so much he produced it, and it was the first time ever he produced one of his own movies. Uh, it says as a producer, he wanted this movie to be PG thirteen so it would appeal to a broader audience. Since he was a producer, he approved the script, the director, the cast, the studio financing, distribution, marketing, budget, PR, planning a foreign release, and all like these other menial tasks. And he said he loved it because he could be involved in every facet of production. And then it failed. So, yeah, then it <laughs> failed. And he said himself, I guess after it failed, that he saw it as like the beginning of the end of his career. Oh, wow. Really? Which is odd because then he does True Lies, he does batman and robin he does like he has like another decade of movies before he becomes the governor of the like the state of california yeah so it's kind of interesting that he would be like damn because then like he produces everything after this but i think he does see it as like (sighs) i'd like icarus flew too close to the sun yeah yeah i can see where he's coming from and i understand what he's saying in that like even though true lies is a hit after this he's never really the box office draw that he was ever again when he's at the peak with Terminator 2. Right. Cause like, like Terminator 2 is like the fucking axis and top of everything. And, and then he just, makes this. Yeah. And it's like, whoa, okay. Uh, and then he does True Lies. You're like, oh shit. But it's like, that's carried by James Cameron. Then he does. At that point, same thing with Terminator 2. Eraser, End of Days. Eraser wasn't too. Sixth Day. Yeah. None of these were. Collateral damage. These were continued box office flops. That's what I'm saying. Like, he like, yeah. he's like just a string of like, okay, I'm going to play it safe and do my thing. I'm going to do the Arnold thing now. Yeah. Uh, so what else do we got? So Charles Dance plays Benedict, the uh, the main villain in this movie. Yeah. And he is. Tywin Lannister is on a whole fucking other level in this movie. One of the best villains, like, ever, I would say. You know what's incredible, though? Is he wasn't the first choice. Really? 
So the first choice was Alan Rickman. Oh. And he turned the part down because of salary disputes. Okay. Even though he had worked with John McTiernan before. Yeah. So Charles Dance showed up to the first day of filming on set with a t-shirt that said, I'm cheaper than Alan Rickman. (laughs) (laughs) That's solid. Nice. Yeah. Uh, Tywin Lannister is pretty evil. And the way he plays it is very, it's by the end of it, he's playing this like sinister person that has discovered a whole other level of evil. And you hear the peak of that when he says to him, evil in this world, evil can win when he's come to the real world and everything. And it's like, it's indicative of like, yeah, the, the, the real world is more evil than this movie world. Because in that, as he does, he rides off into the sunset at the end, like the evil evil is killed and destroyed. Yeah. But it, and, and he gives a whole monologue about like bringing in Dracula and like he can bring in all these evil yeah, sinister he can get King characters. Kong and Hannibal Lecter. Yeah, exactly. And it's really really cool. And in the beginning, he's like just he's a cut and dry, run of the mill drug dealer bad guy. Yeah, oh, and yeah. he evolves into this like super sinister, megalomaniacal, ultimate super villain. I think too, if it had it. been Alan Rickman. It would have just been like that from the start. Yeah, yeah. Also, I don't know. Alan Rickman, I can't see in the part. I really can't. Right. He, he, you don't see Alan Rickman playing second fiddle at this point in his career. I don't like see Alan 94. Rickman with a fake eye. Yeah, but even then, just playing second fiddle to some drug dealer for like half the movie. To yeah. Some random like mob boss type uh, who I forget the name of. Um, but... Yeah, he plays an underling for like half the movie, and you can't see Alan Rickman as an underling with dance or Unless Tywin it's Lannister. A Snape. Yeah, but <laughs> even then, like the ultimate Snape underling. is such an important part to that whole entire story. Like, oh yeah, he, Alan Rickman was always playing like main characters, and I think he probably already Galaxy knew Quest, too, yeah. Galaxy. Him and Sigourney Weaver carry Galaxy Quest at the time. It, I think what's his name was coming off another like DUI or something oh, like Tim that. Allen, Tim yeah. Allen. yeah. Like he was at not in a good place in his career, and then Galaxy Quest, like Rickman, is the heart and soul of that. And you see that today, where they talk about like we really we were getting together to make another Galaxy Quest. Then Alan Rickman died, and it was like it's a fucking use of doing this. Well, there goes that. Yeah, yeah. So, so here we go. Here's some more interesting things. The merchandising people came up with Jack Slater action figures with guns, and Arnold Schwarzenegger vetoed it because the movie was a warmer. In quotes, more cuddly action movie. Merch- See, it's not. Mer- no, it's not. Like, it's so funny that he thinks like that's what it is. Yeah. Uh, it says, merchandising included seven video games, $20 million in Burger King promotions, oh, a $36 million theme park ride. Oh, they did not make their money back then. NASA's first paid ad in space. No shit. A four-story inflatable Jack Slater at the Cannes Film Festival. Wow. And Schwarzenegger gave 40 television interviews and 54 print interviews in 24 hours. Holy shit. He was like, we got to make this a hit. Yeah. Let's go. And it was not. That's such a bummer. And so then he's like, okay, my career is dying yeah and then true lies happens he's like oh cool but i think he still knows in the back of his head and he keeps trying to rekindle that magic but just never does he's like i can't i can't take risks I yeah guess, because they they just want what they want leading up to like terminator 3 or it's just like okay dude it's over it's yeah it's over it's done it's such a bummer uh so you mentioned earlier the soundtrack for this movie soundtrack is fucking it's it's a cornucopia of hard rock from 19 from the 1980s and early 90s because it's yeah it's supposed to be like that raw it's action like, movie. i think allison chains is on it um acdc's on it yeah so that's what Metallica, i want to talk about i believe is on it megadeth so acdc wrote a song or called just two megadeth songs i think they wrote a song for this movie called big gun mm-hmm. that was specifically written for this movie yeah because arnold schwarzenegger just approached the group and said hey will you write a song for my new movie hey will you write the song for my new movie yeah I come out of the it's screen. easy man you guys rock yeah it's a magic ticket oh it's about they go in the movie and the movie's real but it's not real you know it's crazy Ow. <laughs> uh the megadeth was- like megadeth i think is also a um song written for the film too Oh yeah, I'm sure the I'm intro sure they got song. A few, like, yeah. uh, it says here that when Jack Slater's ex-wife house explodes, it's the same explosion that's used in the last Boy Scout. 
Really? Which is also written by Shane Black. Yeah, yeah. Which is kind of funny. Like, they would just be like, hey, we're trying to keep the budget down. Let's go. <laughs> um, the movie contains seven or several intentional continuity errors just to kind of poke oh, more really? fun. Oh, that's yeah. cool. There's something else. There was something I was looking for. Oh, here it is. This is incredible. In one scene, Jack says to Danny regarding his ex-wife, do you think I would marry someone so stupid that doesn't know the real voice from a taped one? Yeah. In the very next movie he makes, True Lies, he literally uses a tape recorder with a fake voice yeah. to trick Jamie yeah. Lee Curtis. But it's funny, that scene that they're referencing, though, is where he's like, you you have your ex-wife, you have people that like you. And he's like, no, I, I hire someone yeah. to call me and pretend to be my ex-wife, and that's when I put that recording on. It's like, holy shit, like... This is dark, and this is like the character's life. Yeah, <laughs> it, like I really enjoy that too. Like how it posits into like what would the character's life be like when the movie's not rolling? Yeah, you like get yeah, that like but, alternate universe. And that's what I'm saying. It's like this: all these movie characters essentially are living in this world. It's it's the real life version of uh, um, of how uh, Who Framed Roger Rabbit? Right. Like this is the live action Who Framed Roger Rabbit. <laughs> this one too killed me. So Robin Quivers of the Howard Stern Show. It says in 1993, after after attending the world premiere, Robin Quivers said that it was the best movie she'd ever seen in her life. Fuck yeah. (laughs) Like, do you think she still thinks that? I hope so. There was a Tori Spelling cameo that got cut. Damn. I know. There's a lot of cameos in this movie. Well, it says here too, like one of the biggest cameos is the Sharon Stone one. Yeah. Because they reportedly did not like each other when they filmed Total Recall. Oh, wow. And it says that even though they had tension and didn't like each other, Schwarzenegger um, like called in a favor personally and said like, hey, remember how big like Total Recall was and helping you? Can you please come and help and do this? And so they kind of like put it aside and she was like, okay. Oh, that's nice. So it's kind of cool, but it's funny that they would be like, she hated they clashed that much that yeah uh this was almost directed by robert zemeckis what because that makes sense back to the future and speaking of roger rabbit yeah so i could uh, well roger rabbit was before this right am i yeah i think roger rabbit's 89 because that's part of what the police cats probably making fun of yes yeah uh here's interesting too tina turner is in this yes uh, as of this year, it's still the last. Oh, I said time Whitney she- Houston earlier. Tina Turner is who I meant. As of this year, it's still the last time she's acted in a movie. Really? Yeah. Yeah. She plays like the district attorney. Hmm. Can't I can't believe I said Whitney Houston. I meant Tina Turner. It's pretty terrible. The body count for this movie is eighty-three. <laughs> eighty-three people die. Wow. Uh, that's in and out of the movie world. Okay. Because, yeah, the one, the agent dies in the real world. And I think that's it. Oh, and uh, the bad guy. Mm-hmm. Ripper. And I think that's about it as far as true. There's a lot of, like, this is what's this is referencing. This yeah. is the And then, like, what you touched on where everything's, like, Sylvester Stallone instead of Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah. And stuff like that. Um, I should say, too, it does feature uh, the actress that was in Billy Madison and, and Mortal Kombat as Sonya and Blade. Mortal Kombat as Sonya Blade as his daughter. Uh, so it's kind of funny that she was just seemingly always playing that same role. And like, there's a fu- there's a part with her though that's pretty. I never picked up on this as a kid, um, where she kicks the shit out of her like captor, mm-hmm. the person holding her hostage, because they he like takes her to a room, and like is gonna like not assault her, but he's like has her in the bedroom and he's like making sure she's just staying put there mm-hmm. and she's like screaming and screaming because he like hits her he's like assaulting her physically but not not sexually, sexually. Yeah. yeah and he's like he's like roughing her up and she's screaming and she continues to scream and then kicks his ass yeah while she's screaming and i was like oh wow that's really like that's inventive and clever and the fact that like the bad the rest of the bad guys won't know something's wrong it sounds like she's still being tortured, but she's actually the one beating the Doing shit. Doing all of, of the aspects, yeah. yeah. So I want to say too, Bridget Wilson is her name. Bridget Wilson, okay, yeah. So what's the most memorable part of this movie to you? Like, because I haven't seen this, I haven't watched it all the way through in a long time, but I have like two things that stick out in my head every time I think of it. So before 
because uh, we kind of just finished it up at the ending here because I watched it and then I kind of fell asleep towards the end and like you know I paused it and <laughs> we came back finished up the last 10 minutes yeah um, before watching the last 10 minutes, 10 minutes and realizing that he meets himself <laughs> like Jack Slater meets Arnold Schwarzenegger um, the car chase him coming through the screen mm-hmm. landing in the back of his car that entire car chase scene and everything involved with that and the discovery of where he's at he punches the window of the car out yeah and like he's like ah yeah exactly and then going to the police station that whole sequence yeah really is like kind of just you getting into it for me it's uh it's him on the roof with danny and the ripper at the end like recreating the opening of the oh, movie. Oh, yeah, yeah, the opening. Yeah. And like you see, like, every, I can just picture the axe and the yellow poncho. Yeah. Every time I think about this movie. And then the other thing that gets me every time is I think that uh, Rubber Baby Buggy Bumpers is an unrecognized Arnold gem of a quote. Yeah. Ah, you didn't see You didn't think I'd say that, did and, you? And that all comes about because he says, I'll be back earlier in the movie. And he's like, he thinks he's changing the script. Yeah. So he turns to Danny and he's like, you didn't know. And Danny's yeah. like, bro, you say that in every movie. Yeah. So then later he, he gives a catchphrase and it's rubber baby buggy bumpers. bumpers. And then he, yeah. And it's just, I can picture his delivery every time. And at that point, the kid's just like, look, this isn't the fucking time for this shit. We right. literally have to go save you. Yeah. Now we're in the real world and you're going to get murdered. Cause if, cause by the end, the, uh, the villain has decided that, if he can kill Arnold Schwarzenegger, then he kills the character of Slater. And, and then he's forever. free reign on the world. Exactly. And, and it's, yeah. So they go to the premiere of Slater four. It gets so meta. It gets it's really incredible. Deep. It's pretty great. If you haven't seen it, it's it. And like, it's easy to sit here and like, as a big Arnold fan, it's easy to sit here and be like, it's one of my favorite Arnold performances, but truly it is one of my favorite Arnold performances yeah. because like, I think like you can feel how much he enjoyed the material well, yeah, knowing that he produced it and put all his like heart and soul into this thing, you can. It's just like, so sad that it failed. Like you feel like, and like it sucks that it failed because this we're talking about like one of the best action stars ever. Yeah, with then, one like, of the better action directors and action writers. Like this is an all-star team up. The, this is the 2012 Lakers of movies. And it just goes horribly awry. <laughs> yeah, Arnold's back gets hurt, and it's all yeah. Yeah, the 2011, 2012 Lakers. It just does not Steve go right. Nash, Dwight Howard, Kobe Bryant, Pau Gasol, Lamar Odom, the Candyman. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So you saw this on what? On Prime or on? Yes, it's on Stars on Prime. Okay. I think it's worth it's owning. On Stars, it is very much worth it. I think, and it's probably like four bucks to own. I probably. Would, yeah, I would guess. Right now. Yeah. Uh, if you haven't seen it in a long time, I suggest you watch it. I think there's a lot of movies now that pull from it. Yeah. And don't really realize, probably. Yeah, like watching it back, you would not, you'd be blown away by all the like crazy meta references and all the tongue in cheek stuff and how it like. Yeah, meta comedy. Sends up the genre, but like, does it really smart? Like, it never feels like it's like cheap humor at the expense of like just making fun of action movies. It's like they're just kind of exploiting like these are the tropes. Like, why did these become the tropes? Let's kind of point them out. Yeah. But then it sucks because the back half of his career before he becomes governor is spent just making movies on those tropes again. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, 100%. Up until he starts doing things like Maggie. and uh, Yeah, after after Office. Yeah. Which is not to say that I did not love Collateral Damage or Racer, End of Days. The only one I really did not like or like as much was Sixth Day. So. I honestly don't like Collateral Damage, and I love the Sixth Day. So <laughs> oh. just go fuck yourself. See, I love Collateral Damage. But that might be 100% related to the fact that his last name is Brewer. Oh, okay. So yeah. I get to hear everyone be like, Brewer. And it's like the closest I've ever been to like, see, Arnold is like a member of my family. Oh, okay. I understand that. It's, That's you know, fair. totally not weird at all. That's not. Uh, do you have any any parting last action hero thoughts? Um, no, Charles Dance slash Tywin Lannister is subtly the MVP of this film upon rewatch yeah, yeah he's really making some choices yeah and the whole monologue he gives at the end is pretty excellent and he's like the only person having to really really act throughout so i mean like because arnold is arnold like through the whole movie he's just being arnold he's just like slightly like it varies yeah. on is he confused or is he cocky and you get to see an evolution from in tywin lannister slash charles dance uh <laughs> i'm glad you know his name but still say tywin lannister <laughs> yeah he's tywin lannister always and forever 
Um, I know he's Benedict. Just as Dinklage is uh, um, always and forever Tyrion Lannister. Right. Yeah. And Lena Headey is always, uh, uh, oh, God damn it. Cersei. Cersei. I wanted to say I got Lana you. for some reason. <laughs> uh, uh, then, yeah. So I can't recommend. And I can't say the enough. guy who played Jamie Lannister's name, but he's always Jamie Lannister. I don't know what he is like one of those weird three names. Oh, okay. It's like Jorgen Stinkelmiker. I don't know. I never watched it. Oh, I couldn't you get to watch it. Game of Thrones. I watched two and a half seasons. Oh wow! And I just I was like, eh, yeah, yeah, well, bitch. You don't understand Game of Thrones. You know, it's pretty easy to understand. It's not. It's not reinventing it's the wheel. Not. <laughs> it's very very intricate. Much like Last Action Hero. Very. So thank you guys for listening. Uh, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Hefferbrew. You can shoot us an email at the movie mailbag at gmail.com. And if anyone is actually listening all the way through to this point, send us an email. Let us know what movie you would want to hop into if you had the magic golden ticket. Yeah. Would you go action? Would you go like, like, cause like for spectacle and like sheer adrenaline rush, it would have to be like a horror movie, but like, Oh, I hang on. I just had a great idea. Well, that's what if you make girls, huh? The horror movie is just the final girl. Yeah, pretty much. But uh, what if you did like a remake of this or like used the idea of going in and out to do it like a flatliners where it's like these people push themselves to see how long they could like make it in a movie. And, oh, like, they yeah. Get, like and addicted to it. In. Yeah. And you just and you, like, start smashing in. genres together. They just get stuck in. Give me the ticket, man. Yeah. They get stuck in each one. That would have been cool if it was like that could have been the remake. Also is another one that Pleasantville is pretty sweet. This Pleasantville is pretty tight. Uh, yeah, so Twitter and Instagram, uh, let us know what you would want to go into as a movie or TV show, I guess. Like, if you want to hop into a TV show, let us know yeah, that, too. Yeah, anything you want to use the magical ticket to jump it's into. It's your magical ticket wise. that that old man... But you need a physical screen to walk through. Trusted you with. Yes. So, let us know. Uh, we will be back. Thank you guys for listening. And uh, have a good day. Bye-bye. I'll be back. <laughs> <laughs>